Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 98, season 5, episode 18, entitled Plan B, originally airing March 24th, 2011. If you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. In a very meta episode, with Tracy still allegedly in Africa, TGS is forced to go on a forced hiatus, meaning leaving everyone on the staff to transition to their plan B, whether it's being a substitute teacher or Dutch mentalist. But unfortunately, Liz doesn't have one, so she tries to figure out what to do with her life. Meanwhile, in an effort to raise his profile at Cabletown, Jack acquires a network for Tabletown to call Twinks, but unfortunately, it's exploding, not in the good way. <laughs> so he brings back an old face to try to turn things around. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty concise episode, uh, but it's also one that is actually continuing sort of our plots again. Uh, like last last week's episode was kind of a... I mean, just like a standalone episode wasn't really... You would say it's a filler, but... Um, most of it's, you know, setting in the world of Queen of Jordan. Um, and then the episode before that, TGS Hates Women, it was kind of like another side story. It wasn't really pushing together much plot or pushing forward anything. But this this is continuing that Tracy's absence is actually really affecting the show. Uh, and I guess you could almost say it's a two-parter as well because it has a cliffhanger that sets up and uh, solves in the next episode. Um, so, yeah... I just, I don't think this is that strong of an episode, though. I feel like they they could have used maybe a little bit more of a C-plot or something. I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, I enjoyed it, just not as much as the last string of episodes. Yeah. Well, I liked it because it's, it's extremely meta. Like, yeah. it's very clearly, like, even though, like, on 30 Rock the Show, there's no character, like, not there who's causing a hiatus except well maybe Danny I don't know but <laughs> no, but seriously like but 30 Rock of course was like in always like on the brink of being cancelled for mm-hmm. most of its run and there's even a fun cameo from Aaron Sorkin yeah and a nod to uh, Studio 60 the hyped up show that 30 Rock managed to outlive yeah yeah I guess you I guess if you look at it that way that it was probably sort of art imitating life of Tina Fey maybe if 30 Rock did fall through maybe she wouldn't have had a backup I kind of find that hard to believe because since 30 Rock's, you know, uh, ending, she's kind of had success, not on the same level. Like, I don't think she's had any more Emmy wins, except, uh, I mean, I guess her biggest thing has been the Mean Girls Broadway, but um, like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt got four seasons, but it wasn't exactly an award winner. Um, it got a lot of nominations, actually. Yeah, with good, good news, she was... Produ- she was just a producer on that. Yeah, she, she's she's been doing a lot of a lot more producing and yeah. writing, totally behind the scenes. Yeah, since but yeah, I mean, I guess you're right in that this is sort of, you know, probably maybe they didn't know if they were going to get renewed for a season six at this point in production, so they're trying to figure out where they maybe even take the end of the sh- end of the series and how they finalize it and things like that. Um, but I mean, of course, Devin Banks coming back is always super fun because he's just a fantastic character to work off of and. To see that he's got a little bit more depth now to his character, that he's a parent and he's married and things like that. Sort of, he, he, he's less of a one note than he already was. So I think it's nice. I just, uh, I don't know, like w- when you hit that sort of plateau of just super solid episodes, they can't all be great. Uh, so, like, this one's not a bad episode. It just doesn't quite, for me, reach that same level of some that have come in the past. 
but there's a lot in here that uh, that we'd have to take away from. So why don't we hop in? Yeah, we'll just hop in. All right. So cold open is basically going to set up uh, both storylines uh, for Jack and Liz. Liz is learning of the uh, forced hiatus and. Well, and and Jack is explaining about his new network that he's purchased in Twinks, and I guess was that kind of a shot at Bravo? Because I think I feel like the phase had kind of passed by this time. But I know like Bravo was doing like uh, Queer Eye and Boy Meets Boy and things, and that there was like a it seemed like it was going to be almost like a gay network, and then it those two shows kind of fizzled out, and it never really reached that same level. Or I mean, I seem to was referencing Logo because that, oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, that's more. Yeah, that's probably more. Yeah, you smart. Hey, Jack, the vending machine's broken. I know. I broke it. I needed to speak with you, and I knew that was the fastest way to get you up there. You bastard! I trusted you. Lemon, lemon. Is there any news about Tracy? As of this morning, he was still saving lives in Africa. I'm doing God's work here in Africa. Why, just yesterday, I kicked two naked people out of a garden. But, Tracy, we need you here. Symbol Rafiki. Click, click, click. Yeah, that's right. I just put you in your place in African. TGS with Tracy Jordan without Tracy Jordan is an oxymoron. Like liberal government or female scientist. Or Princeton football. We were four and three in Ivy League play last year. Our quarterback, Henry Chang, doesn't matter. The point is that without Tracy, TGS is going on a forced hiatus. Forced hiatus? Okay. So, what should I tell the troops? It's simple. Sit them down individually, tell them the network still supports the show, and that this is temporary. But you're looking out for us, right? Pounding on desks and doing whatever this is called? Power wagging. And I'm doing what I can, but I've spent a lot of political capital buying a new network for Cable Town. Is it TNT? Are Rizzoli and Isles friends in real life? It's a small cable network targeted towards gay male viewers. It's called... Twinks. That's the name of your network? Isn't twink a term for a young, hairless gay man? Nonsense. Twinks is an acronym designed to project a positive gay image. Twinks. Television with individuals. Naive, kinky, shaved. Okay. If the network were thriving, it would be one thing. But my programming has yet to find its footing. Ugh, no. Next. Boring. Who? Twinks could be extremely lucrative advertisers covet this demographic when i was with defuan on queen of jordan he spent four thousand dollars on chihuahua outfits for himself okay well don't worry about tgs i'll take care of this hiatus thing myself thank you lemon i'd like to help but i'm afraid my hands are tied uh, is the only show anyone's watching on twinks <laughs> so it's very unbrand that liz is a Rosalina isles fan i feel like if she watches all the procedurals yeah. So that was a reboot of uh, 60s or 70s? I don't think so. No, it was based off a book series, I think. Sure, Rizzoli Isles wasn't a sitcom, or, or not a sitcom, but like a procedural like back in the 70s? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's based on a series of books that's uh, started in the 90s or something. Angie Harmon! Yeah, it's based on the Rizzoli Isles novel series by Tess Garrison. Oh. So. Oh, Cagney and Lacey. Oh, I was wondering if you were thinking of that, that's but I was like, I knew it was, I some, it was something. I mean, in, in two women in the, the and 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 title. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Also, I really like the uh, the the pun uh, doing God's work by kicking two people out of the garden. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the Adam and Eve reference, yeah. and then the Lion King references, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like Liz would be smart enough to get that reference. I don't know. Um, so. There's a couple of funny jokes in there that 
that uh, Jack has about Ivy League football. And I guess the like, Ivy League is only made up of Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, University of Pennsylvania, and Yale, meaning there is only like seven colleges that they can play against. So like their yeah. records of four and three, like it's not really. Well, right. And also the really double joke is that it's the I is playing against right. the other Ivy League teams. So it's not like they're playing against really tough not, competition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I see, I mean, I don't follow college football that closely. I assume they play out of conference games too, but still the joke yeah. is definitely that it's like, right. Four and three yeah. Ivy league is like not out of all of those. <laughs> not I don't impressive. know. I, I'm not sure any of them actually are really like strong contenders ever. I feel like I never no. hear any of those teams are not in football. Like running Sometimes in basketball, like the, whoever wins the Ivy league will like make it in a couple rounds in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Um, but no, yeah. I mean they're they're generally not except for like maybe I don't know like probably like rowing. And I would say like rowing and sports. lacrosse, and I don't, actually I don't even know. I don't think soccer. I'm not. I don't think they're up there yeah. in soccer, but yeah, outside of maybe hockey, ice hockey, maybe. So he also has a line in there about Henry Chang, and he stopped himself. Is that a real person? As far as I can tell, no. it's not a real uh, person. But um, I was looking up because honestly, I'd never really considered it. Like because. I, I honestly couldn't tell you a famous NFL Asian. Well, football. East Asian, they're definitely like, like um, Pacific. Yeah, I guess Asian. Junior Junior Seau in yeah. the nineties. I guess he was a more because he's like Samoan maybe. I'm not sure, but I mean, I, I bet in general, I mean, there are a lot of, especially if you can get in, I feel like yeah, in college were, football, there are a lot yeah. of like South Pacific Pacific Islander. Yeah, well, I guess because like the rugby is a big sport mm-hmm. there, so. Uh, it's probably easier to transition to an American football league. Yeah, but right in terms of like I guess East Asian, there's not a lot yeah. of representation. Yeah, I'm, but uh, it looks like percentage wise, uh, the racial makeup uh, is twenty seven point four percent white, one point nine percent Asian, and point eight Latino. So well, that only adds up to thirty percent. Right. Well, <laughs> other is point two, and then. The, I, I assume the, the majority is African American. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. You're, you're looking at a partial quote. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, I, was like yeah. I think I think you're missing a. There's a big chunk around seventy percent there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I guess yeah outside of East Island, uh, East Asia Islanders, maybe um, there's probably not too many Asian countries or. Uh, I don't know. I've just never really like. I guess I've never yeah. really thought about it. Yeah, I think right. I think there is. There is better representation in rugby, like like it's like mm-hmm. obviously like Australia, and New Zealand, like I think even like Fiji and mm-hmm. like smaller you know oceanic countries actually have competitive rugby teams. And I I, I want to say I've the, the I feel like the maybe the Japanese rugby team made made a World Cup recently or something. So didn't the women's Japanese soccer do well? Yes, but yeah. that's soccer, not rugby. Well, no, but I mean like I'm saying like they have. Um, well, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are plenty of sports that that. East Asian countries are really competitive at, but yeah. I, I guess we were talking about football, yeah, and rugby. Yeah. So I was talking about rugby is probably yeah. the closest. Yeah, that 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 really does seem far more intense than football. Like if football, all those concussion talks is really bad, but like I mean rugby, there's nothing protecting you. Like it's just yeah. your body. Like there's no helmets. There's no. There might be paddings and sleeves and things like that that you wear, but. I mean, it, but maybe is there less head contact or something? Because I feel like you don't hear about the same sort of like long term. Maybe, but it seems like when they go into those like scrum, those like huddles, yeah. I feel like you're probably bashing someone's head on accident, yeah. probably more than you actually mean mm-hmm. to. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough about it either. But it seems it looks on the outs on the outset looks pretty gnarly and rough. 
Anyway, uh, and then just it wouldn't be our duty if we didn't do like a visual joke explanation. So while they're doing the gay sports center, the things that scroll through are the quest for the final four, which that seems like something a sports news would cover. Ted Williams melts. Do you get that reference? I it, no. I mean, I, I I know the name Ted Williams, but I can't place the reference. I guess. Uh, so Ted Williams. Oh, is he cryogenically frozen? Cryogenically okay, frozen. Okay. Um, which is it's not exactly a topical joke because there was I think at the end of the '90s, early 2000s, there was his family wanted him to be unfrozen or something like something about mm-hmm. his will. Uh, it's probably just a money play. Um, there's NFL. In, I'm sorry, NHL divisional breakdowns again, normal. Uh, Celtics Spurs finals, AL Central preview, NHL mock draft results. Which why would you have that? And Albert Pujols' contract. So, um, you know, stuff that gays. Who? Yeah. Who? <laughs> right. So after the uh, the cold open and the opening credits, uh, Liz is already spreading the word of forced hiatus, and immediately people start to work on their plan B. The important thing is this forced hiatus is only temporary. We'll be back before you know it. Sydney, it's Frank. TGS is dead. Start booking me stand-up gigs. How many black women's colleges are there in the country? What are you doing? You just said we're going on a forced hiatus. I know what that means. Time for plan B. What, Harriet Tubman School of Nursing? Yes and yes! Well, good thing I kept my teaching certificate so I can still sub. Last time I taught, I was like Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. By which I mean I got fired. No, Pete, this is only temporary. (laughs) Thanks for telling me, Liz. We'll get through this. Oh, thank you. Finally, someone with some faith. No. I met my Jenna babies and I will get through this. I've been selling these on QVC for years. It's my plan B. This is Asian Jenna baby. Excuse me, GI. Do you miss your girlfriend? I'm good at math. So it's not offensive. Where are you going? It's just until Tracy comes back. I'm going back to the job I had in Holland. Police psychic. A Dutch TV show is based on me. Ik zie een hand die deze mes opheft. Het is heel donker. Er is een houten klomp. And in Windmolen, the Mordenar is the eerste minister. So this episode actually is extremely heavy on stereotypes for everything, from mm-hmm. the gay sports center references to the African stereotypes mm-hmm. to the Princeton football and Asians can't play sports stereotypes to mm-hmm. now the Dutch mentalist stereotype where she says things like, "I see a windmill, <laughs> I see a a, 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 a wooden shoe, a wooden shoe, yeah. the murderers, the prime minister of Holland." Yeah, I mean those are, I mean those are compared to what Jenna's sound. And oh right, and Asian Jenna's right, Jenna's Asian yeah. baby, and that's the last we see of Jenna in this episode. So either she's had success with QVC, or it's obviously so offensive they don't won't have her back at all. Um, yeah, that's the only time we see Jenna in this episode, and her horribly offensive GI Jenna baby. Yikes! Not okay, Jenna. But it's good at math, so it's not offensive. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> God, so naive. Um, while Liz is struggling to find a plan B, uh, her agent's doing his best, but he's not exactly prepared to handle this work level. Uh, but meanwhile, Jack and Hank Cooper are out to lunch, and uh, Hank Cooper, uh, he's not too happy with Jack's network acquisition. So, Jack, how's the baby? Baby, ah, yes, baby, black, Asian, bisexual youths. Uh, those are viewers we want, and Twinks is going to bring them in. It's not a business question, Jack. I mean your baby. 
Your daughter? Oh, of course. Uh, Liddy, she's adorable. My nightmare swears she calls me Koskel, which in uh, Trinidadian Creole means stranger. Don't let work be everything, Jack. Family's just as important as fixing that fellas that like fellas network you talked me into buying. I'm on top of that. Are you? Jack, there's lots of things I like. Fishing, marches by John Philip Sousa, telephones that look like footballs, but there's one thing I don't like, losing money. Now, I don't know if my tone is conveying the fury I feel about this, but I am, pardon my French, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a joke, but I am really, really mad. Look, Hank, I'm already working on fixing Twinks. I'm remaking Night Rider with the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It's okay, Jack. You made a bad decision and bought something you didn't understand, like when I bought tickets for Black Swan. Remember when a movie was just a fellow with a hat running away from a fellow with no hair? No. The point is, you failed. But unless there's a gay Jack Donaghy locked up somewhere who understands all this stuff, let's just chalk this one up to never again and enjoy our lunch. Hank, there is a gay Jack Donaghy. His name is Devin Banks. Are you okay? I sense something. A presence I've not felt since. Bless Hank Cooper, who even when he gets mad, still maintains a very jovial tone. Yeah, I was actually thinking while we were watching this, because it happens again later on, like, it feels like he probably had to go through some sort of anger management like, when he's a little bit younger in his career, and that's why he has this facade of just smiling through the pain. I feel like, I don't they never address it, so this is just me reading into something that's literally never addressed or answered, but... That's why, I don't know, it just seems like it's something he probably got in trouble for in the past of yelling at his employees mm-hmm. or something, so he had to fix it, but he still had to show the strength, and that's kind of how he masks it, of just being super overly nice in his tone, but still saying, fix it. That's interesting. I just kind of took it as his whole just, like, down-home folksy... That's you, probably... You know, the way he's brought up, it's like, even when he's mad, he is still, you know, like, he doesn't actually use a, I don't know, angry tone. But yeah, I actually honestly forgot that Jack just had a daughter until it came up this episode because they didn't really, it hasn't really been mentioned yeah. just in the couple before this. They do hit it pretty hard though that, you know, I mean, I guess when when Hank Cooper came in first, he, always, he he's been saying since the beginning, like, you know, Cable Town's a family, it's a family network or family company. So it's like they've been hitting it over pretty hard that your family should also be play a part of your role in your life. But for Jack, which... It's all new to him anyway, so like it makes sense that he would be a little um, absent-minded about his own daughter, who he probably doesn't really see that much in the yeah. daytime or anyway, anyway. But uh, right, well, just the atmosphere he's used to is work, work. Yeah. Spend all your time with work, so it, he find, right. So he finds it hard to adjust to an environment where it's more yeah family focused. I guess yeah. Lemon, I've decided to hire. Devin Banks. Banks? He's your nemesis. That would be like me hiring that mouse that keeps pooping in my slippers. Devin is the perfect man to fix twinks. He's a gay shark, like the actor who played Jaws. But he's going to come in and try to ruin everything, and everything is already ruining itself. Not this time. Banks put all of his eggs in the Obama basket. When the administration started to falter because of our conspiracy, I mean, Obama's ineptitude, he tried to distance himself publicly from, uh, your president. 
The recession we're emerging from was primarily caused by a lack of responsibility and accountability. Then he tried to rejoin us capitalists, showed up at John Paulson's sweet 16 billion party. Nobody would talk to him, not even Ira. And he was all, oh, I'll just look at these books, then pretended to get a text and left. And we were all like, whatever, we'll go to IHOP and not tell him. Where is he now? I tracked him down to an address in Brooklyn. He's on LinkedIn, Lemon. He might as well be dead. <laughs> so I throw him a lifeline if he comes crawling back like a uh, crab, I guess. What else crawls, Lemon? Babies. Jack, you have one. Hank Hooper is a traditionalist. He had his first heart attack when he saw pineapple on a pizza. He'll hate banks and his hairless nostrils. Imagine having nose hairs. Hooper will hate Devin, and he'll never be able to go over your head. Exactly. I'll pay him for his ideas and uh, kick him out the door. Speaking of TV ideas, would you buy a show about a girl television writer trying to have it all in the city and also she's a vampire, I guess? I like the end part. Uh, Lemon, why do you have a blank notepad with plan B written on it? Because I'm freaking out. I told everyone about the forced hiatus. Wait. You said forced hiatus? Yeah, I didn't know it was code for canceled. I thought we understood each other. I thought we understood that you are never to think that I understand anything. And you have no plan B? I've been telling you to prepare for the end of TGS for the last two years. Well, there have been a lot of amazing races on since then, and I had to watch them and go online and comment on them. Here are your options. You can go to L.A. <sighs> I've been to L.A. once. Olive just turns into bar. Justice for Rodney King! How do I get to 10? It's fun, 10. You can't afford to be selective. Opportunities for writers are fewer and farther between. What about opportunities for storytellers? Beginning with the cave paintings of Lascaux, mankind... I can get you a meeting with Nick Lachey for the sing-off. I'll take it. Well, there's a lot in that, uh, or in that, uh, that scene. Yeah. Um, where do we want to start? Well, I, th- I think the most metal line of the episode in there is when he says, I've been telling you to prepare for the end of TGS for the last two years, which... <laughs> preparing to end for the end of 30 rock for probably just yeah. about every season it was on yeah that, that was sad um so uh the the slap against linkedin um yeah which i i guess that's fair i don't know like it's i don't think it, i don't know anyone that really uses it uh that heavily like i, I feel like a lot of companies just you know get on linkedin because it's the thing to do with your company but anyone that actually you know is readily like repeatedly involved in it's probably yeah few and far between. i mean supposedly right i i people haven't worked there and gotten jobs but i mean i just took that as like you know when you're in a business as high as jack's like you don't i mean you don't get jobs through no so you get them through who you know in real life yeah. like so just being even on linkedin is is yeah. uh pointless yeah uh i also like that they sort of turned jack into like this gossipy kind of yeah girl about town that he's like can you, he did all these and, and for like for anyone in that position it's probably like that's still really impressive that he's you know in meetings and in parties with all of these people but for liz it's just like I, I don't know half the references you're talking about like i don't get it yeah it's also really funny looking back now like because that was definitely the height of the vampire craze mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> so it was funny because she she basically described the premise of 30 rock but with vampires, vampires. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, where do we stand on fruit on pizza i'm i literally couldn't care less i honestly don't mind it like i i mean i know some people view like hawaiian pizza like pineapple and pizza sacrilegious but i mean i don't know like i ham pineapple and that's good con- yeah. taste I did, I, i'm just so i'm not a traditionalist when it comes to that i guess that it's become like 
a relatively big meme in the last couple of years like i guess just some blogger or someone got a hold of it and started the trend but like it's not like hawaiian pizza is new it's been around right. for probably two decades now so i'm not sure why this resurgence of people being surprised by it exists like i don't know like maybe i don't think people are surprised by it i or just, just think... are, are so opinionated about it yeah. i'm not sure like i'm not sure where the outrage or whatever comes from is justified in any way maybe it's just people being hyperbolic on the internet oh uh, yeah who, who does that i, I mean know. i don't know like the last person the last going on people have to cha- channel their their anger and better to channel it into something that's ultimately meaningless than a more important issue uh, yeah harassing anybody online i guess yeah. it's, i guess it's a better outlet but still stupid to me i don't know i guess i mean if it tastes good by all means yeah i mean it's definitely like a it's, i mean i understand like it's I, hope, I don't know. I know it's a quote unquote different taste, but I don't know. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's not an uncomplimentary taste in my no. opinion. But whatever. I, Everyone's I taste buds are different. Yeah, there's there's worse combinations. I think you could do, especially if you're gonna put them on a pizza. But ham and pineapple should not be a hill that you want to die on. If that should be a pizza or not. Uh, we also get an amazing race reference, which we've talked about on here before. We might have, but. I mean, I you're gonna have to be, yeah, the talking head on that. Well, I mean, I mean, I know the premise, I know the, the gist of it. I just never yeah. really cared for. It's so it. it's so funny. Liz's comment about having to watch it, go online and comment about it because, well, I'm actually watching the current season, but it's the first season of of it I've watched in like a really really long time. But I remember like back, or, I mean, it would have been around this time, like was when I was watching it more. Um, no, I remember like that. Did you ever um, follow the site Television Without Pity? Mm-mm. It was a recap site that. Mm-hmm. Like it started off its MO was like it it was the beginning of like the snarky era, so it was really one of the first like snark blogs. And right, its its whole point was basically people recap shows while being like with tongue really tongue in cheek. Anyway, but there was a big like I guess forum internet community message boards around it that like I would read sometimes. Like I didn't really post or participate, but I would like read them and like it just this is a comment so funny because there were people who were super 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 passionate about the Amazing Race, like like just. I don't know, like, you know, you think of how people are fans of, like, pop stars, people talk, like, just, like, mm-hmm. people discuss the show, like, super in-depth and analyze every, which, I mean, I realize happens to be for every TV show. Right. Just, like, I the mean, Amazing Race is basically just, like, a fun, you know, like, yeah. travel around the world. So, like, people took it super seriously. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, I think that, you know, they had, like, I don't know if they had, like, cons, they had, like, events where, like, race, you know, people who were on the show would, like, go to and yeah. fans would go and things like that and just, like, drama around that. So, it's just, like, it was, it was interesting to just, like, read, right. but, like, some people were just, like, I, I just totally picture Liz as like one of those people like yeah, on the message boards, just she's like, like the amazing race con. Yeah, like it has the lines up to get in the question line to have all these. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yikes! Uh, and then finally, we have um, the LA jokes, um, which they they if it's not enough for you to figure it out, they also throw up the time of it being 1992 she's in LA and it's right in the middle of the uh, Rodney King riots or protests uh, and we see someone who until now I never would have recognized uh, what's, it, what's yeah. the actor's name I know him Cheedy from Good Place yeah one of the protesters came out by William Jackson Harper yeah who's Cheedy on The Good Place I mean what four or five years before that show because it ran uh, for four years and it just wrapped up this year so yep so it started in 2016 yeah. so yeah so yeah, yeah. And he's going to be the lead on the next season of Love Life, which is the HBO match show that Anna Kendrick was the first season, the same play show. So he's going to be the lead for the second season. Okay. 
Good for him. You go, Chidi. Uh, yeah, good place. That's, I haven't finished the season. I haven't, uh, is it on, is the last season on Netflix? Yeah, they, they've had, okay. yeah, it's all up there. Uh, I just need to. I just need to get around to watching it. And in our big cameo uh, slash guest star, um, kind I of. Say, yeah, I would say guest star, not cameo. Yeah. Well, he plays himself, so you should count as a cameo. Oh, I'm sorry. Take that. Sorry, I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about Devin Banks. Aww. Cut cut that bit. Nope. Right, definitely a cameo. It's in to no, show it's how definitely a cameo. Um, but yeah, in our the big cameo guest star, uh, which kind of out of nowhere, uh, he comes as Aaron Sorkin, who by this time he hasn't ha- he he doesn't have the internet hatred he has for him today. Uh, he's sort of put his foot in his mouth a lot um, in the last few years. Uh, but anyway, so here's Aaron Sorkin on Thirty Rock doing a talk and walk. Talk and walk. Infamous talking. You here for the sing-off kick? Yeah. Do I know you? You know my work. Walk with me. I'm Aaron Sorkin. The West Wing, Few Good Men, the Social Network. Studio 60. Shut up. Do you know Nick Lachey? I hear he doesn't even let you sit in the meeting. He just screams at you to see how you react. Well, you're not really applying for this job, right? Of course I am. You've got to take work where you can find it, especially now. Our craft is dying while people are playing Angry Birds and poking each other on Facebook. What is poking, anyway? Why won't anybody do it to me? I'm cool. So it's really that bad out there. I mean, you're Aaron Sorkin. Speaking of Angry Birds, do you know how to beat 11-4? It's just a red guy and a green guy. Key is do not use the green guy as a boomerang. Do we just go in a circle? Listen, lady, a gender I write extremely well if the story calls for it. This is serious. We make horse buggies, and the first Model T just rolled into town. We're dinosaurs. We don't need two metaphors. That's bad writing. Not that it matters. Mr. Sorkin, Mr. Lachey, we'll see you now. Mr. Lachey, huge fan, huge fan. I have all your albums. Even Aaron Sorkin's introduced to groveling for a job. Yeah. How sad. Well, this is... He's he's done Social Network, but he hasn't won his Oscar yet. So mm-hmm. after in, in a in a couple months, he'll he'll be okay. He'll probably be able to get any writing job that he wants. Was he the one that's in charge of uh, that HBO show with Jeff Daniels? The newsroom, yes. Yeah, and it wouldn't have appeared by this time, right? Mm-hmm. Still a couple years off. So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, years later. But that that show has ended since then. right? Yeah, it only lasted I think three seasons, yeah. and it wasn't I don't know it wasn't received very well. Yeah. I never watched it, but no, I I think we've all seen the the. I guess the most infamous clip that's come out of it is him like uh, being asked a question like he's on a panel and someone asks a question like why isn't America or why is America the greatest country on the earth or something like that and he has like a witty response about who says that we're the best because we're you know 43rd in healthcare and blah and like just has this big takedown of American Sorkonian yeah. speech yeah. Um, which I guess that that is what uh, Sorkin had become super super known for was his yeah. walk and talks and like very snappy repartee and mm-hmm. like uh, like it is good writing in that it's you know atypical of what a lot of sitcoms or a lot of dramas were doing at the time but I guess like if you lean on that too much it just becomes like repetitive and kind of dull so uh, I don't know if he's really been able to go beyond that in his uh, in his style uh, well sure. I say well we should say absolutely he's probably most famous for the western you would say right yeah yeah and and the, and the walk and talk that mm-hmm. he sort of popularized which yeah. this is the second time 30 rocks made that joke they did one in this first season when they when Liz and Pete are talking about it and they just do a, like they walk and literally, literally Liz says the exact same thing do we just walk in a circle so <laughs> they're kind of recycling jokes yeah. and I guess studio 60 exists in the 30 rock universe so I wonder if <laughs> 30 rock would have existed in the studio 60 yeah, universe if it would have been if it went beyond one season <laughs> yeah yeah um he actually just he just had a movie come out on Netflix the trial of the Chicago 7 which 
I've heard good things about, but like it's really interesting because obviously like because of everything that's happened in 2020, like the movie situation has been weird. So the expectation is that Netflix is going to kind of dominate the next Oscars, but like that movie was supposed to be one of the big Oscar players and it came mm-hmm. out about a month ago now maybe and like there were reviews that came out around you know that week but like I've heard absolutely no chatter about it at all since then so it's like I'm just curious to see like how exactly that's gonna play out it seemed like it was received well like all the reviews that I saw seemed to be good but I'm I, I don't I don't know if I'll ever watch it like uh, yeah uh, maybe maybe not but it's just it's interesting because you know they push back the Oscars a month or two, I think, but like it doesn't seem likely that theaters are going to be opening in time anyway. So it's like most of the movies are going to be VOD or Netflix. So it's like something's going to have to get traction. But but they did expand the selection, right? That if it's a VOD, it's allowed. Yeah, they did say that if a movie, at least for this next one, if it's a movie that would have had been intended to be released in the theaters, even if it goes straight to VOD or streaming, it's still eligible for mm-hmm. at least this year. The you know well, whether that becomes a permanent thing, right? It's hard to say, yeah. but I feel like depending on how successful it is, it might be another couple of years, and then they they implement it. But yeah, well, the problem is like all the big, the big studio like theater movies are being pushed back, mm-hmm. to, like you know, so it's going to come down to basically Netflix movies and smaller mm-hmm. indie movies that are that, that are being released on VOD and. Well, we all know that Sonic the Hedgehog is winning best. Well, picture, of course, so. yeah, I mean, it's going to be Bad Boys for Life. The Invisible Man. Well, wait, 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 was Bad Boys for Life this year? Or was I that? don't think so. I think okay. that was last year. I, I, honestly, okay. I, I remember it came out like really early in the year, year, whatever year it came out yeah. in. But like, so Invisible Man, Trolls World Tour. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, Trolls World Tour was a success in its not box office, but in its numbers, it did well in the first weekend. Yeah. I don't is, know if that is indicative of anything. But. Is the Hamilton, <laughs> is it Hamilton uh, live filming <laughs> eligible for Oscar? No. I mean, to, yeah, to be more serious, there definitely are like, they're, like I think a lot of the film festivals have been virtual this year, and I've I've definitely heard about a few movies through the circuit that are supposed to be the quote unquote Oscar contenders that are I guess going to come out sometime between now and February on streaming or VOD. But you know we'll just have to see. I mean maybe the trial of Chicago Seven will be one of them, but dodo. Good luck, Mister Sorkin. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Jack goes to meet his rival Devin Banks and learns of his current situation it's about time Kashmir. did you find shanna's boppy was it at music adventures thanks what's become of you nothing these are babies they're organ farms don't look at me <laughs> devon explain the gabies i'm a house husband now happy I married a shiny black dancer named Kashmir, and we mixed our sperm together so no one would know whose baby is whose. Now, have you had your fun looking at the freak? I'm here to offer an olive branch. I'm working with Cable Town now, and we've acquired a network called Twinks. I could use someone on it full time, a subordinate. <laughs> you came all the way out here to Brooklyn to offer me, Banks, a job. You must be desperate, Jack. Twinks must be exploding, and not in a good way. You thought that I would lick your boots, but you need me. So now I'm gonna make you let me lick your boots. I'll keep you on a very tight leash. Fantastic, continue. I will not gaze set you up against while I'll be very clear. You'll be under me, and if there's one slip up, your ass is mine. Now, you couldn't resist coming to see how far I'd fallen. But that was your mistake. Down came the rain. 
and wash the spider out. No, you are the spider. I am the sun. I dry up all the rain. Yes, freeing me, the spider, to climb up the spout again. You bastard. Now, who wants some num-nums? Yay, Devin Banks is back. We haven't seen him in a little while. Um, I don't think we... I can't remember. I don't think we've seen him all this season. So it's been almost a full season since uh, he's been around. So. And he comes back strong. Mm-hmm. Gets right back into the rivalry. Yeah, it's like he never missed a step. Uh, they're, they're back and forth there. Again, like making it like homoerotic without intentionally, or at least Jack's not int- intending to so be So see, in a way, the Queen of Jordan storyline about gay Jack uh, continued. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he specifically asked for a, he was specifically asked for a gay Jack Donaghy, so there you go. Mm-hmm. He's got him. Also, really quickly, Sorkin, I meant to shout out Sports Night, which was a sitcom oh, yeah, yeah, on ABC yeah. that lasted a couple, two or like I think two or three seasons. It was actually a really good show. Two or three, yeah, yeah, it was a really good show. It was like basically Sorkin style that about a running like a ESPN yeah. type sports network. If I remember correctly, that had a weird first season because I feel like they either it wasn't in, in front of a recorded audience, but it had that same thing of like How I Met Your Mother. Like it had a laugh track. Mm-hmm. I feel like it did. It, I think it did. Yeah, and they, and they got rid of it. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I feel that one that was definitely like a ran heavy syndication, even though it only lasted two seasons, which is weird. Yeah, that was actually a Thirty Rock type show where it was like it was basically in danger of being canceled mm-hmm. the whole time it was on. And yeah, didn't end up lasting. Yeah, two seasons. Was that a C- ABC? It was ABC. Yeah, yeah. So after Liz gets the very bad news that she is officially fired or dropped from her agent, as well as trying to get. Kenneth to come up with ideas to help save TGS. Yeah, which is another meta reference to basically mm-hmm. they talk about how people send things networks to get their show saved. Which the I guess the I think we even might have talked about this at some point before, but the I think the most famous one was Jericho, which was like a procedural on CBS. Like mm-hmm. the fans like mailed peanuts to CBS. I, I don't. It had some connection to the show here. Right. Basically, literally, literally, tons of peanuts they mailed to CBS, and it was picked up for another season. And the ratings, well, it was uncanceled, picked up for another season, but then the ratings were still shit, so it got canceled again after the next season. Right. Anyway. That was the one. I think that was, that was like the, post-apocalyptic or something like that. Maybe I or can't. Or was even... a countdown for an apocalypse? I mean, it was something apocalypse related. I feel like it was post-apocalyptic something. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch it, but came I, and went. it's the most prominent example. And also, I think that was like the peak of because after that, like there have been plenty of campaigns and like sending stuff yeah. to save shows, but now I, it's I, mostly. I think because that show was brought back and failed immediately again, like that kind of ended the the, the mail-in. Yeah. yeah. Now it's mostly just like can't, um, what's it, petitions. Like online petitions are like the things that. Yeah, I think Brooklyn Nine Nine is the only recent, like by reason I mean, in the last five ten years, show that was resurrected and actually lasted. Yeah. On this new network, because like yeah, there there are a few examples of shows that were uncanceled and picked up for like one season. Or like, Ve- I think Arrested Development might be one of the bigger ones, true. but it just has. Ugh. I feel like I don't know, like it has such a weird legacy. Like I don't even know if anyone watched because like no one talked about the second half of the last season. No, like it literally they dropped it. It came and went, and no one that like the circles I followed even mentioned it. So like, yeah. that's not a good sign. And it's like at this point, like if I ever go back to watch Arrested Development, I'll just watch the first three seasons. Like. The fourth season is just a pain to get through. Like, it's just, it's not as funny. It's just, it's missing at magic. Um, yeah. But I guess, like, the newer one that seems to be, like, sort of gaining some steam was, uh, well, I guess 
the community was never official. No, it was officially canceled, right? It was well, yeah, right. It was canceled by NBC, and, and then it went to yeah. Yahoo Screen for a season, and then, and then literally it was so, it literally bankrupt. They spent so much money on it, and I guess it wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah. successful enough, so it literally ended Yahoo Screen as yeah. a streaming service. But I, I, the new one, I guess, of twenty twenty was the Venture Brothers. Uh, Adult Swim officially canceled that, mm. uh, which that had a weird production schedule already as it was because they would do maybe. 10 8 or 10 episodes a year or rather a season but it would be like two or three years between seasons because there's only seven seasons of that show but it was on the air for 15 so it's like mm. their production schedule was super wild so i to me it's probably like it was probably just super expensive to keep it going when they weren't producing enough to justify the costs of everything mm. um but uh there's talks now with HBO to potentially either oh, really? either renew it for like probably either a movie because there's still some like the season seven finale does set up something that they could close it out with one more season. I think that was the creator said we had one more like we were literally working on the final season when we got the note that they were canceling us. So um, they could either, I feel like a movie is the most logical thing that they'll do and just put it on HBO Max. And, because it's Warner Brothers, they can they can just drop it on there and it would be make fans happy. I guess that would be the best thing. Yeah, and that was the last thing I was going to say. Shows that were canceled, but then ended up getting a movie. Sense Eight is probably Ugh, the, the biggest example God. of that. And then they're talking about I don't know. I've heard a lot of chatter for Glow trying to get a wrap up movie. Because oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. And so that that's happened a couple times recently. Yeah. I, oh, actually, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt had a had its like interactive Netflix. Yeah, we never watched movie, that. We didn't watch that. No. Yeah. All right, but uh, in Jack's office, Hank and Jack are waiting for Devin uh, to so they can have their meeting about potentially hiring Devin, and it's a power play. Jack. We've been waiting almost an hour for this Banks fellow. The only explanation I can think of is that he keeps stopping to perform good deeds. No, he's pulling a power play right out of the gate. He's making us wait, so it looks like I have no authority over him. Well, I'm a straight shooter, Jack, except at the urinal. But that's just a little shrapnel side effect from Vietnam. So when it comes to business, I don't like these kinds of games. <laughs> Boy, I hope my tone is conveying how annoyed I am. You should be annoyed, Hank. Of course, Devin's crude attempts at manipulation don't work with a man like you. Banks is not a straight shooter like you and me. For now, we need him. But as soon as he stops being useful, we throw him in a ditch. Oh, my apologies, gentlemen. <laughs> I tried to call, but somebody spilled milky all over Daddy's phony. Did you, little Mykonos? You brought a baby to a business meeting. I'm so sorry, but this little guy's really sick. Threw up all over my jacket, and I just couldn't leave him. But of course, I didn't want to miss this fabulous opportunity. I'm always just trying to balance work and family. It's kind of what I'm all about. Well, son, you're going to do great here at Cable Town. Damn it. You know, one of my grandchildren is just about the same age as Mike here. We should set up a play date. How's tomorrow? Uh, Hank, could Devin and I just have a moment, please? Of course. I'll just entertain this little bundle of joy with one of my Uncle Hank stories. The VC was everywhere. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. This is a new low, even for you, Banks. Using your own baby to get in with Hooper. I brought the sexiest one, too. His cheekbones are like granite. And old Hank, the family man, fell right into my trap. <laughs> this isn't even baby vomit on my jacket. It's mine. All mine. This is not over. Oh, look how much he just loves his Uncle Hank. Whoosh, went the flamethrower. Medic, medic tried to win a boy. <laughs> 
So that scene kind of does lead some, lend some credence to your thing about anger management. Because I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, Vietnam like mm-hmm. PTSD related <laughs> stuff in his uh, storytelling in that scene. Yeah. Again, I mean, you're, it's probably closer to your idea where he's just a very wholesome person, but he still has to be super strong about because of his position. But I like now the theory that I've created that he's had a lot of anger management, that he's had to control how he handles situations. Yes. But I'm, I'm curious if like Devin did his research. That's why he knew to bring a baby. Because I mean, as we've seen, oh for sure, I think I mean we know he'll be prepared for. Yeah, it's really funny because they, you know, after he brings it in, and they, and then Jack and Hank both say at the same time, "You brought a baby to a business meeting," and Hank is excited <laughs> about it, and Jack is like, "What are you like, doing? We would never do this." at GE, GE would never allow this. Uh, so Kenneth has started his writing letter campaign to save TGS by including a sugar cube in every note to Hank Hooper, which Pete points out that because it will be crushed by the mail system by the time it reaches him. Here's what, anyway, let me finish that and then I've got immediately got a follow up that uh, Pete says when it finally gets to Hank Cooper, it'll just be a fine white powder, which he'll mistake for anthrax and it'll be a problem. Why wouldn't Kenneth just send it to Hank Cooper's office? Like, take it himself. You know what I mean? Because I was making it look like a letter writing campaign from fans. But he could do that anyway. And just say, like, all these letters came in for you, Mr. Hooper, and just have different names on them to make it seem like they came from a bunch of people, which that's what he's doing anyway. But why would he send them through the postal system when they're coming right back to the same building that he's already in? So we can have this funny scene? I guess. I just, there's some holes there that you can easily poke through, but it doesn't matter. Um, Meanwhile, Liz is wandering the streets, um, just pondering life, figuring out what she's going to do. And she stumbles upon uh, a Transformers poster. Do you know how many Transformers were out by this time? Four. No, only three were out. But do you know how many Transformer movies exist currently as of this recording? Six. Yes, very good. There was Transformers 3 had come out um, in 2011, and 4 and 5 were on the way in 2014, 2017, and then Bumblebee was the most recent one in 2018. And I think I think they're continuing. I think Michael Bay is producing more. Um, I don't think he's involved as director anymore. Mommy, what's that? It's a toilet or a woman. It's whatever you need it to be. No! People of the sidewalk, we can't give up on the written word. We need stories. Because I don't have a plan B. I have a degree in theater tech with a minor in movement. Why did my parents let me do that? It's over. Who's there? Show yourselves. You're one of us now. (gasps) Who are you? Better to ask who we used to be. People whose professions are no longer a thing. Once, I was called travel agent. I was an American auto worker. And I played dynamite saxophone solos and rock and roll songs. Come. We live under the subways with the CEO of Friendster. No, TGS isn't dead yet. So we got our third Hannibal Burr's appearance, I think, since he started on the show. His most recent one was in uh, TGS Hates Women. He's still playing the same homeless man role, but he gets two appearances in this episode. Hooray. So he's doing great. Yeah. 
Also, it's retrospectively, it's funny how like Liz's plot line is there's no writing jobs anymore. Only a few years later, once we start having the Netflix and streaming boom, mm-hmm. there'll be lots and lots of opportunities for all sorts of writers. Yeah. So just hang in there for a couple more years, Liz. And but, well, is anyone is anyone going to want a forty year old writer, a female writer at that point? You know, wah, wah. I'm just saying they don't want thirty five year old women actors. Are they going to want forty year old women writers in the writers' room? No, uh, obviously that's not true because you know she went on to do Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, so. Yeah, I'm saying it's just funny in the right. right now because, like, <clears throat> especially like the last—I mean, not this year because of COVID stuff—but like for most, like the last five years, like every, maybe even more than that, like every year was like a new record for most scripted shows in one year. So she just, she just had to wait, wait for that current t- t- that wait for that corner to turn just a little bit more, and she mm-hmm. had plenty of opportunities. Yeah, who pays for Netflix's stuff? Like, where do they get their money from? Venture capital and what subscription. Fees. They don't get that much from subscription fees, do they? I mean, they have. I what? mean, they pay billions for shows a year, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I think they paid eleven or twelve billion for content, all content <coughs> last year. They have what? Seven, isn't it seventy or eighty million subscribers? So that's. I mean, you're talking about that's close to a. Is that seventy million, million subscribers or seventy eight million pri- profiles? Because you have a uh, profile on my account, right. and You're not paying. For no, it. it's subscribers. Okay. Because that obviously they wouldn't measure profiles. That doesn't make any sense for their bottom line. Well, um, it does if it looks good. I mean, if to, to use it as a metric to like tout, but not yeah. in terms of when they're reporting number of subscribers. Let's see. <clears throat> so, at in the third quarter of 2020, 73 million in the U.S. and at the end of 19, 2019, they had 167 million worldwide. So, if you're saying ten-ish dollars a month, that's I mean, I mean that's 167 million ten dollars. That's one over one and a half billion a month. So. Good lord, that's a lot of green. Yeah. So, but I mean, obviously, they spend on many, many other things besides just content. They pay for workers and or right. campaigns and office buildings and all sorts Studios. of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think they. I mean, obviously, the way they started, basically, their motive was get lots of venture capital money, spend, 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 so they could grow. I mean, you know, obviously, their whole thing has been developing lots and lots and lots of original content. So, when we get to the point where basically all, you know, when once HBO Max and Peacock and Paramount Plus and all these other things like all exist and they, there is no other content they're licensing out that they have all their own stuff. So right. that, I think that was the point. Just like take all the money, grow, 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 grow yeah. and stuff and spend, spend. And then, you know, and then obviously then the long-term goal is to is to profit off subscription fees and whatever other, you know. What other I mean, surely they're sure. I mean, I, 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 I'm assuming it's like Disney. They have like a stake in merchandising and stuff because surely Stranger Things like merch yeah, makes mean, a lot of money. But I, guess I don't know. So. I don't know how much of a stake yeah. that Netflix has in that, or if that's how that slices. Yeah, out and they they've they've made home media releases for some of their shows. Not too many of them though. I know Stranger Things was one of their first where they were actually selling DVDs and Blu-rays for the. Yeah, and I guess there's some stuff that even if it's a quote-unquote Netflix original, it's not necessarily produced by a netflix related production company because like it's it's just paid to be made but it's not actually yeah not yeah because a lot of their anime they get is already made and they just buy the license into it yeah so yeah Hmm. so all right you go netflix get your money i guess or whatever you need to do to survive uh but we're coming up on the climax of everything um and Devin comes into Jack's office to give him the good news that he will be heading up the European um, branch of uh, Cable Town. 
Morning, Jack. Oh, my. Empty coffee pot. Same cheap $300 tie as yesterday. Nose hair all askew. You've been here all night trying to figure out how to fight back, haven't you? How was your play date with the Hoopers? Oh, it was amazing. Yes, really superlative tummy time. Oh, I almost forgot. Hank, Uncle Hank, wants to expand overseas, and he's chosen me to be the face of the company in Europe. That's right. I've been promoted. But Europe is my purview. I was supposed to go there next week. I was going to take a picture where it looked like I was holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now I'll be taking that picture. Do you have any idea how strong I'll look? I vanquished you in one day. I was trapped in a world of wet wipes and rectal thermometers. Then the babies came and life changed. But you set me free, Jack. Now it's weekends in New York, then jet-setting around the world in Economy Plus. I'll be thousands of miles away from the chaos in Brooklyn. Do you know what it's like to have triplets? It's just everything times three. Three pairs of grubby little hands smearing food all over your brand new chihuahua outfits. Three pairs of feet in their weird, soft little shoes. Three pairs of eyes, brown, like my husband's. Three perfect little mouths that smile every time I walk through the door. Three tummies that just want their num-nums and zerberts. Oh, God, I just love my games too much. I can't leave. That's it? You're just going to talk yourself out of it? I'm sorry, Jack. But I had stuff planned. I was going to trading places, you. Hey, I was bailed out of prison and told to come up here. That was weak, Banks. I don't expect you to understand. You know, it's like to have kids. Actually, Devin, I do. I have a baby daughter, Liddy. And yet you still managed to be here all night, trying to figure out how to bring me down. Well, damn, Jack. You are strong. You're like Dora's friend. Benny the Bull. Thank you. Jonathan, call my car. Just when you think Devin's gone back to his old self, he just he just can't fully turn back around in the end. It's it's good for the character though, because I mean, it it's nice that he doesn't just abandon his family. Um, yeah. Well, plus it shows like a path for Jack that he doesn't have to be so tied to his work and only caring mm-hmm. about working success at work. Yeah. He can. Well, he, he doesn't necessarily have to be like Devin and totally give up on a career to focus on family, but it shows a path for Jack that he can care about his family too. Right, yeah. And then there's a, a fun little Shredding Places references. I feel like that's a movie you probably haven't seen. Uh, I feel like I've seen like bits of it because one of the shows that's like syndicated. It's on, a movie. I, I'm, that's what, <laughs> yes, I know it's a movie. Sorry. One of those movies that's syndicated like on all yeah. the time. So I, like, I, like, I remember seeing bits here and there, but I don't know if I've ever seen it like anywhere. It's. I mean, it's. It's very eighties, yeah. and I say that in that there's some questionable content for a modern light, like blackface. Not okay, um, but like it's it's funny. Like it's Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, and Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis being like super super funny in the situation. Um, yeah. Isn't there a sequel coming to Amazon? Oh, I think you're this right. Year or next year? I think you're right. I think yeah, they greenlit a, a sequel to it, and also coming to America is getting a sequel too. And if you've never seen no, coming right, coming to America. That's right. But I said trading places. You're thinking of a different movie. Oh, that's... Oh. Trading Places is not coming to America. It has Eddie Murphy. Right. You know, I, was, I mixed up my Eddie Murphy movies, I guess. Oh, you did Oasisism. <laughs> coming to America is by far fantastic. And absolutely, you should, you should watch it. And yes, there is a sequel. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Coming to America coming. Um, but, uh, Sorry, the, both of those are Eddie Murphy movies that I know I've seen bits and pieces of yeah. on like... Yeah. So trading, trading Places okay. is... Eddie Murphy is a homeless man who 
these two wealthy sort of executive types, uh, and then there's Dan Aykroyd, uh, who's like an up and comer, and the two executive types sort of boot him out because he's he's comp- he can be compromising to where they are, and they bring in Eddie Murphy to sort of. Uh, just feel it. I, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but they bring Eddie Murphy into just, I think, not a diversity hire, but just to fill a role that Dan, they kick Dan Aykroyd out of so they can, like, somehow make more money off of it or something like that. Um, but then, so it's then Dan Aykroyd becomes homeless, Eddie Murphy is in the life of luxury, and then they come together to sort of like thwart the old men's plans. It's super funny, but it's also very 80s in that way. But um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say seek it out. But also seek out coming to America. It's fantastic. Yes, and that's stuff. That's definitely the one that's getting the Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, and uh, a bunch of other people. One of Samuel L. Jackson's first movies, too. Hmm. Well, not first movies, but like one of his more prominent first roles. But in our other climax, uh, while Liz returns to Thirty Rock, uh, and it's Baron Hall's, no one around. Um, She has one last pitch for an idea. But then Kenneth saves her, and and possibly the show. Okay, here's an idea. We keep TGS going as a magazine. Miss Lemon, it's over. I applied to transfer to news. I'm sorry, I couldn't save this show. Here. I'm actually not that hungry. That's funny. This is the same place Mr. Jordan gets pizza from in Africa. I'm sorry, what? Oh, when Mr. Jordan and I talk on the computer, sometimes he's eating this exact same pizza. Africa's great. We got juju monsters, gum gum trees, and horse acorns, which is a unicorn with a horse's head. Kenneth, you beautiful goon. He's not in Africa. He's somewhere in the delivery zone of Federici's Pizza. We can find him and bring him back here and no more force hiatus. <laughs> I did it. I saved the show! I won't have to go work at news! I won't have to be the world's worst hooker! You want a party? It's 500 for kissing, 10,000 for snuggling. End of list. (laughs) No! I'm hungry again. So we end the episode on two classic 30 Rock gags. Liz Lemon just stuffing something into her mouth and... Kenneth ending on a freeze frame. Uh, well, a faux free frame, because the episode actually still is live action. Um, yeah. So Kenneth saved the show after all. Yeah, he did a good, good job. Good job, Kenneth. Bird internet just wasn't working for him, but he tried. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that. I, I kind of forget that twist that um, Kenneth notices the pizza box is the same that Tracy's often eating in. Um or eating with uh, in their webcams, um, so it's 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 a fun again like cliffhanger to lead into the next episode. Horse acorn, horse. Oh god, that's funny. A unicorn with a with a horse's head. How Tracy never change. Any other? Uh, so the the end credit scene is uh, another call with Tracy between Kenneth, uh, and I I guess it's a. It feels like the way it ends, is it like a replay? Or is it live? Huh? Well, because he's like, I guess I should have noticed that he was that he wasn't in Africa. Because like, wouldn't Liz, I don't know, like, is it the way it's framed is like, it's just Kenneth and Tracy, but then 
at the end, Kenneth like looks to Liz and is like, "I guess I should have realized he wasn't in Africa the whole time." So was she? A, were they having a live call yeah. at the moment? Well, I took that as right. I took it as a call after the last scene where Liz is probably trying to get clues of where he might be. Okay. So she, right, so Kenneth is having another call with him to continue. I don't know. It seems like they have normal calls, whether it's every day or every week or whatever. So okay. I took this as the next call. This is listening to try to yeah, okay. figure out where he is. Okay. I, I mean, that's how I took it. I yeah. don't But anyway, uh, the, the facade of Tracy being in Africa starts falling apart when a tree falls over and it collapses the stage around him and it reveals that he's clearly in a studio and he's not actually in Africa. Uh, so Tracy sort of call, cuts the call short, uh, which sets up our next episode. Um, that we'll get to. Um, but final thoughts on Plan B before we say adieu. Well, I always like 30 episodes that are very meta about the industry and the show itself. So I like, I, I think I, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't think it's a bad episode. I still would rank it above something like, um, man, we've had a really good run um, this season. Yeah, I feel like earlier in the season it was a little slow, but the last, like the last, what, five, six, seven, eight or so, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how many, I mean, it's, it's been a strong I, mean, I was trying to think, like, really, Christmas Attack Zone was a super solid Yeah, that was episode. a good one. Like, the Mrs. Donaghy was, like, I mean, the last seven episodes we've done have been a really good run. Yeah, I feel, that's right, that's what it was. The, the Apart from the live show, the first part of the season was a little slow, and then once we started with the Brooklyn Without Limits one, that was a turning point. That was, I feel like was like a turning point, and then... The next couple were, yeah, the next were okay. Then I think since right since Christmas Attack Zone, that's when it's really, really picked yeah. up. Just been really consistently strong. Yeah. And again, this isn't a bad one, but I would, I'd put it closer to the beginning of the season versus um, the last few that we've went through. But it's still like a lot of fun, and because it's continuing the plot, you know, there's a lot to like there about it. But uh, anything else before we say adieu? Let's hop out. Let's hop out. All right. Well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, all that fun stuff, it's going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next episode, episode 99, season 5, episode 19, entitled I Heart Connecticut, where, as it's obviously a continuation of this episode, Liz and Kenneth set out to track Tracy down and save the show. Will they be successful? I hope so. Otherwise, what are they going to do for the next two seasons? Do they have a plan C? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. All right. Well, as always, David takes that. See you next time. Have you made friends in Africa? Oh, sure. Lady Smith Black Mubaso, Paul Simon, and Victus. So, what's the weather like? Crazy. It's the snowiest winter we had in years in New York, in Africa. Well, sir, I had a very interesting Uh-oh. morning. It's for- nighttime. Gotta go to bed or I'll anger the gods. They must be crazy! Africa! I probably should have realized he was in New York sooner. Bird internet. We make horse buggies, and the first Model T just rolled into town. We're dinosaurs. We don't need two metaphors. That's bad writing. Not that it matters.